trackaholic, call it what you call it, Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that, dirt, 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 I miss that, dirt, 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 gotta get back to it, I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game, ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing, now nationwide, everybody knows my name, they're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery, he sings that song we like, yeah, boy, that's me. Roll out the trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Them cold kind, we're tossing. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. I hit the high side, boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast. Often imitated, never duplicated. Your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too cold. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And Matt, we're going a different direction tonight. Well, kind, you know, of, kind of sideways. But it's not really a different direction. Is if we think about how we we you know we've talked before how these late models are really set up to run now. It's not in a straight line anymore. No, it's kind of a drift style. Yeah. So we're gonna go drifting tonight, just on blacktop instead of dirt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we are. Um, Going in, uh, going to jump in here just a little bit here with uh, Dylan Hughes, um, who is the Royal Purple uh, Formula Drift Pro Driver and in the 129 car. So we're going to be talking to him, and I'm excited because the whole world of Formula Drift, and as I've been doing some research here, it's got some interesting elements that I, I think we're going to have some interesting conversations as they relate over to the dirt world, but... First, I want to jump right off here with with this big announcement, and I know everybody. I know I shouldn't say everybody because we're sitting here, but there's a lot of people at the Big E right now. Yeah, and it was tough today. I had to drive to Dayton, Ohio, to drop off some screens for Fresh Prince, and I I just thought I'm in Ohio. It's Dream Week. I'm driving back home, it was a little bit a little bit depressing. Well, if I didn't have uh prior engagements on saturday night that's where we would be tonight you know that uh feels awful awkward not to be at eldora during dream week but uh some scheduling got screwed up and we got to work saturday night when uh, we would be over at eldora so you know i hate that we were there for the johnny Appleseed. yeah it looked like a good race too it was it was a good race yeah i was glad for scott james to uh he started to tail the feature and came all the way up to uh the second place there that was uh no, actually third ricky weiss uh got second but uh got expensive on the way home we got within uh, 45 minutes of home <laughs> and the uh the front seal of my transmission went out so we were stranded on uh the side of the road so thanks to chelsea's brother chase for coming and getting the trailer and uh tim clark for coming and getting the truck so it uh it got expensive when we got close to home but uh it, it was a fun weekend yeah, and uh, so on top of that, you know, you talk about the Big E right now, and, and it's exciting. There, there's, I think I, I saw right before we went on air, 73 cars yeah. have signed in. Obviously, um, the big one, uh, Kyle Larson is at Eldora, you yes. know, going to see what he can do to shake it up with these guys. I saw Bloomquist has already rolled in. The, the excitement, there, there's a lot that's going to go into this why, weekend. Why are we here? Well, it's a great question. I do got to give I do got to give some love to um, to my boy Britton Gotzi. Uh, he did call me last night and offered me if I would ride over with him 
he would pay my way in as long as I drive his car back tomorrow. So they didn't end up with two vehicles at Eldora. And that was that was tempting um, at 1030 last night. But I already I had a commitment here to, to Dylan and um, I wanted to make sure that we honored that. But I did put out a, a, a post here right before we went on air, Matt. And this is a throw out to all these crate drivers right now. And, you know, uh, everything that's going on with the Indiana Pro Late Model Series is amazing and, and, and exciting stuff. And I'm excited to see where we go throughout the rest of the summer. We got some dates at Circle City. We got another day to Terre Haute. Um, you know, some exciting things coming. But this is directly related to the big crate race um, at Thunder Valley Raceway. Um, next Friday night and shout out to my business partner, Ryan Bowling and dirt to media who bumped that from $800 to win to a thousand dollars to win. And the big announcement for any, any crate driver watching and, and please let everybody know this. We want to try and pack that the pits with uh, crate late models that night because I can't be outdone. And it's really Ryan's money part part anyway. Not only is Dirt to Media going to make it $1,000 to win, but Thirsty Goat Entertainment is going to put another two fifty on it. So it's a $1,250 to win wow. Crate Late Model Race at Thunder Valley Raceway next Friday night. $1,250 to win right there at that bull ring. And uh, I'm excited to see who we get to show up. I'm excited to see. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell these secrets, Um but old Blackbeard himself was over at a um, little, little dino action today at Willie's. Mm. So coming right up on a big $1,250 to win crate race there at, uh, at Thunder Valley. That'll so. be interesting. So uh, from what I understand. Someone needs to call Midwest Sheet Metal, though, and let them know there's probably going to be some orders come in after the date. They might want to have some stuff in stock yeah. for 1250 Yeah. Yeah, I could see some doors knocked off. So, again, big, big announcement, and uh, I want to just give a shout-out there to Misty and Steve Leonard for everything they're doing down there at Thunder Valley. And, um, you know, and, and we appreciate it. You know, we, we've had a great um, turnout uh, from support with Thirsty Goat Entertainment and what we're doing with the, the merch side of things um, with Fresh Prints. Um, don't forget, Dirt Legend shirts, a limited run. Um, they are on the website right now, shopthirstygoat.com. You can find them there. We've got Saturdays are for Victory Lane shirts. Um, you know, kind of exciting, Matt. We also have the UPLA Local 812. Um, that would be the United Pit Lizards of America. <laughs> um, the Local 812 union there. Uh, proud supporter of that that union of uh, Pit Lizards of America. Uh, hmm. We also have the <laughs> iHeart Models uh, or Late Models uh, t-shirts. So, Guys, the more the the more we get support with that stuff, and we greatly appreciate it. Uh, the more support we get, the more we can throw back to drivers. And uh, so again, next Friday night, June eighteenth, at Thunder Valley Raceway in Salem, Indiana, twelve hundred and fifty dollars to win Crate Late Model Race. So um, guys, get there. It's oh, yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, if you got a Crate Late Model, you probably need to show up down there. But looking here, jumping back over to to Brownstown Speedway. Um, Man, just to, to talk points here real quick, because you know, obviously we were off last weekend. We rained out the weekend before, so it's been a while since we've been at the track. Uh, and I'm hoping the weather is going to play fair here, yeah. even though it's Eldora week. But every time I think it's kind of stopped, we get another, like, drowning. Um, but when you look at the points right now, you talk about the super late models. 
You got Jared Bailey and Devin Gilpin are one point a, a piece. Yes. Or a, yeah. Separated at 205 and 204 with Jared Bailey leading. But you can't look too far away with Shelby Miles in third with 198, Britton Gotze in fourth with 195, and Skylar Lewis in fifth with 184. You're talking 20, 21 points separating the top five right there in those super late models. That's going to be a battle that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think that's going to carry on. You know, the next super race will be next Tuesday, which is the uh, the kickoff of the Summer Nationals. So you're going to get a lot of names that ain't going to be there every week. And, you know, hopefully these guys can get in the mix and, uh, you know, protect the points. Yeah, making that show is going to be big. Yeah. Looking ahead there to those Backwoods Express UMP Modifieds, you know, Matt Boatneck. It, th this uh, this modified class has been a lot of fun, and we've talked a lot about the youth in this class when you talk about the Jordan Weavers, the Braden Watsons, um, even the Brent Lee with the, the you know, the being a Rookie of the Year candidate yeah. right there. Um, Zach Stalker coming in second year there, but tried and true, man. Matt Boatnick oh, yeah. at top points again. Yeah, if he rolls out on the racetrack, you got to count him in the equation. You know, he's – I would say right now, all the active drivers at Brownstown, he probably, you know, that races there a lot. You know, you can't count Devin out of that, but Devin's traveled a lot more now. Matt probably has more laps than anybody that rolls out there, you know, week after week now. And then you go to the P3 Graphics Indiana Pro Late Models, and again, water is wet and Tyler Neal is fast. And now, I will say, guys have started to catch up to him here a little bit. Um, you've got Tyler Neal there in first place, Steve Peden in second, Zach Burton in third, Robert Rainey in fourth, and Justin Bowling in fifth there. But I do want to point out here, not to be kind of taken out of the mix, sixth place, Shelby Miles right there. And, and Shelby has kind of missed a race because of focusing on the super side of things. So depending on how many more races he kind of falls in there in those Indiana Pro Late models, it's going to be interesting because – I know Peden's got a wedding coming up. I know, you know, there's some guys that are going to miss a couple races here. So this whole point structure can change pretty quick. Well, that, the rain worked out for uh, Raymond and Shelby because Raymond got married on our rain out. They were going to miss that week. And uh, so the rain helped them out there. And, you know, they, they didn't miss a week of racing. So uh, congratulations, Raymond Humphrey, you know, married. Yeah, That's another winner on the Indiana Pro yes, Late Models yeah, he, right he's there got this a year. Future win, so congratulations to him and Shelby winning the last time we raced. Absolutely, yeah. yeah and I, again, that one, you know, we talked about it a few years ago, talking about that super stock group that, and, and not taking any away from now, but two or three years ago, that was just so stout that yeah. anybody could pull off. That's this Pro Late Model group now. Yeah. I mean, you read down through that. Tyler Neal can win any night. Steve Peden can win any night. Zach Burton hits the right setup. Zach Burton can wheel that thing to victory lane. Robert Rainey, it's coming. Yeah, I I, I, agree. I, I believe that's coming. Justin Bowling, I think it's coming for him. You know, we talked to him on the pre-race show. He's got to get a little more aggressive and, yes. and attack some of those lines. Uh, he needs to worry. Quit worrying about what am I going to break and just focus on racing. You know, he it, he reminds me when Daryl Walter first became a car owner, he started worrying about the the check that he's going to have to write. You know, for racing, and I really wish that. Uh, you know, Justin could get this, get in there and, and race and not worry about that, that pocketbook one night. And I think he would see huge results. And then you talk about Shelby Miles can win any night. Keaton Strevel, Alan Magner, Colton Sullivan, Raymond Humphrey, Brian Wilhite, Josh Bowler. And one that, you know, I think is a, <laughs> is a dark horse any night he shows up, there's Tyler Kane. And, yes. and, you know, he's kind of bounced in and out of the Indiana Pro Late Models. But I'm telling you, 
that guy can show up any night and, and win. Mm-hmm. So you're talking 12 to 15 well, you, deep. You, you got to put Tyler Collins in there too. Tyler Collins, absolutely. You know what? I didn't even. I didn't because he's he's kind of bounced around a little bit, and I didn't. Well, Jeremy uh, Owens is no one picked up a win yeah. at Thunder Valley just a couple weeks ago. Well, you got you know Tyler Collins. Last time he was at Brownstown, they raced the night before at, at Moeller, and realized he was broke after he got to Brownstown, had to leave. Yes, so, you're right. You know that uh, unfortunate there for him, but he's another one you just cannot rule out of. You know he could uh, you know he go to victory lane. That's what I mean. You're 12 to 15 drivers deep that can win on any given night, and and. And, you know, going back to Tyler Neal, and I tease all the time because you talk about that, you know, water is wet and Neal is fast. But, you know, he's done such a great job of trying to stay up front, but everybody's chasing him and, and catching up now. Then uh, as we look at the Pewter Hall Super Stocks, J.T. Huffman again leading that thing. And, you know, he, he's talked about, you know, was he going to try and race points and what it would mean. And um, but holding on right there, uh, following him, Brad Fry in second, Zach Sasser in third, Derek Clegg in fourth, Tommy East in fifth. And, again, shout-out to Tommy, yeah. man. First-time feature winner there. Well, JT, JT also. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Good point. All-in-one pools, pure stocks. Dustin Carr uh, in first place there, Tommy Fleener. Um, and, and this is another group here as you look down this list. You know, Dalton Rourke's got a couple wins He's on the two, year. Yeah. Dustin Carr has been extremely strong. Keaton Strevel's in this group as well. You know, there's a lot of guys, and you can't ever count out the good old dirt track Donnie Wilson. Right on. Yeah. And so uh, that, that is one gentleman probably more upset than we are. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. That he can't be over in uh, Rossburg this, this weekend. So, because, you know, he, he is racing for points at Brownstown. I. And, I'm just hoping he brings his grill to Brownstown. Yeah. Because, I mean, that would be, if he wants to cook Saturday night, just to keep the traditions up. <laughs> I, I agree with you. All right. Well, Matt, we are going to uh, take our first break for our sponsors here, and uh, we're going to get Dylan Hughes again, um, Formula Drift Pro Driver for the Royal Purple 129 car, and we're going to get a talk to him. So we'll be right back with him. Race Clean Products is the cleanest brand in motorsports. No matter if you're using the original or the all-new Fast Hands formula, you are guaranteed to keep your hands clean under the most intense racing situations. The original hey, Dylan, or blue us, formula brother. is perfect to keep at the sink in your race shop and will ensure that you won't come home covered in grease and grime. But for those unavoidable messes at the track and you don't have time for a sink and water, be sure to have a bottle of Fast Hands in your trailer. It could be your most important tool. Race Clean products can be found at www.goraceclean.com. Dirt to Media continues to expand its coverage of local racing for race fans. They've expanded to over 70 live events for the 2021 racing season. The live event schedule includes live weekly racing from Brownstown Speedway, Salem Speedway, and Thunder Valley. VIP members can still get all their on-demand racing coverage the next day for one monthly fee. And their monthly fee also includes live racing action each week from Thunder Valley Raceway. In addition to all of this local action, be on the lookout for special events from regional tracks around the Midwest. If you aren't getting your racing action from DirtToMedia.tv, you're missing out on the best coverage in the Midwest. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 
1261. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. All right, and guys, we're back, and we're going to welcome in Dylan Hughes with us. And uh, Dylan, welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. How you doing? Good, man. Hey, I'm going to jump right in here with this because obviously, you know, we, you and I kind of talked here a little bit before we, we got on air, but typically we follow the dirt world. Um, we follow a little bit of asphalt racing, um, but, you know, this drifting stuff I'm kind of new to, uh, well, actually I'm really new to, but to kind of start your background story, you grew up in North Bend, Washington mm-hmm. and kind of started out as an amateur drifter got into tuner cars like how did you how did this kind of transpire to become a career for you well <clears throat> growing up in kind of a small town in the northwest um my dad i was lucky enough my dad had a pretty sweet shop so uh, we had a hydraulic lift and uh, a couple of welders and tools and everything so i was always the kid in high school that i was always hacking mufflers off people's cars <laughs> so i was that guy so i probably did you know every time somebody got a new truck or got a new car or whatever i was the guy to cut the exhaust off and get them and weld that thing back together um, so definitely kind of come from a background of working on stuff, grew up racing and riding motorcycles, um, on and off road. And, um, really we we're pretty heavy into the trucks. So I was into like solid axle Toyotas and wheeling and all that kind of stuff, kind of going out in the woods. Cause we've got a lot of sweet, sweet wheeling plots out in the Northwest. So, um, really just kind of started off with that. And then my buddy had like a piece of crap, five liter Mustang. Uh, and he had a super long driveway that was paved and he was like, get in one day. And I jump in there and we just do burnouts all the way up and down his driveway and, you know, kind of like drifting and sliding around. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've <laughs> ever done in my life. So from that point on, I decided, I was like, man, I'm tired of going slow rock crawling. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go fast. I want to scare myself. So that's kind of where the obsession came from was just uh, going for a ride with my buddy. And then he ended up buying or I ended up buying a Nissan 240 with a little SR turbo four cylinder in it. And that's, that's really where it came from, man. Yeah, that's it. So then you went, you went to Dirtfish Rally School, correct? Mm-hmm. And that's, so, so was that kind of the first thing you thought was maybe rally instead of drifting? Yeah, I think um, with Dirtfish, it was kind of an opportunity to get my foot in the door in some sort of racing anything. Essentially, at that time, I wanted to work on a rally team or work on drift cars or just be a part of more racing. Uh, I was doing underground work for a construction for a construction company and it was fine it made great money but it wasn't what i wanted to do for the rest of my life right so um got my foot in the door at dirtfish i knew how to run equipment so i was like the tractor guy grading the course <laughs> back together uh for all these guys who go out there and mess it up so i did that for about six months and was like over that <laughs> super ready to get into something else and uh they ended up opening up a position in the shop where I was able to go in there and learn how to fabricate a little bit better. So the guy who taught me how to do roll cages and bend tube and fabricate proper, his name is Derek Nelson. Um, And I stayed after work and kind of learned how to do that, kind of helped him on a couple of side projects. We started caging cars together. Um, And then super random, Dirtfish decided to sponsor a rallycross team. So we ended up sponsoring the Red Bull Dodge rallycross team of Travis Pastrana and Bryce Menzies. 
Um, this was like right when I turned 21. Uh, they had a couple issues with a couple of mechanics and they were like, we need somebody to go work uh, at, at traveling to these events, international events. So 21 years old, they're just like, hey, uh, you were here for like the whole build process of these cars. Uh, you want to go to Barcelona? And I was like, yep, sure do. And they're like, all right, sick, you're going in two weeks. So uh, long story short, ended up traveling the whole 2013 season with Pastrana and Menzies as a mechanic um you know barcelona spain munich germany all over the states um kind of a crazy deal and so the third time i was in vegas that year for sema um, we were running a race out there i ended up meeting uh chris forsberg who's a legendary pro drifter yeah, yeah. i ended up meeting his crew chief we ended up actually working together so hey i'm dylan hey i'm brian wilkerson you know i'm uh, crew chief on chris forsberg's pro drift team and i'm just like oh my god you know like this is crazy what are the chances you know so we broke down all weekend uh, and I kept harassing him. I was like, Hey, if you need help next year on the team, let me know, let me know, let me know. So, um, literally one day, a couple months later, my phone rang, it was some Pennsylvania number and I answered it. Hey, Dylan, it's Chris Forsberg. And I'm like, no way. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so long story short, ended up, uh, flying down to Long Beach for round one of FD and we worked together from 2014 to, we still share a shop to this day. So kind of a, kind of a crazy, crazy deal. It's weird to think about it really is because it accelerated so quickly for you. You know, you're doing you're doing construction work, like you said, it's not your passion, and then, you know, everything kind of accelerated so fast right there to to kind of get to where you are. I think one of the coolest things, you know, that that kind of connects to the world of of dirt racing that we're in is we talk all the time about you got to know your 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 car. You you got to be able to work on your car and understand what's going on. And how, how important do you think that background of being a mechanic and a fabricator and those kind of things has helped you in your pro drift career? I mean, immensely. I don't think that it would be possible without having any sort of skills, being able to work on cars or fabricate or weld or, you know, anything you might have to do. Um, at the end of the day, a lot of that stuff comes down to money and racing comes down to money. So when you don't have a lot of money, how are you going to be able to afford to pay somebody, you know, to do top dollar work on your car? You can't. You physically can't. It's not possible. So... Um, the way that I looked at it is I had to do it myself or else it wasn't going to happen. So that was kind of the route that I chose that, that I decided was just like, okay, no one's going to do it for me. Like I might as well just try and figure out how to do it myself. So those were skills that I, I really became obsessed with. Like I really just wanted to be way good at fabricating and building cool stuff and building reliable cars and something that I'm proud to show off for, for people to see. So um, I think it's absolutely paramount. You know what I mean? Unless you can afford to pay someone to do it, like no one's going to do it for you. Did the rally school, did, did it have asphalt tracks that you could practice the drift on, or did you kind of learn yep. that after the fact? A, a little bit. We used to have, a, we would call them employee training days, and we would go out there, and we had a couple of beater cars that we would go. We would take on the gravel sometimes, and then sometimes we would, like, pressure wash off a big area out in front of the shop, uh, and we would go out there and swing the drift cars around. And this was before we really knew what we were doing, you know. We didn't even have <laughs> angle kits yet. We didn't really have, you know, V8s or horsepower yet. You know, we were just kind of like out there messing around, seeing what we could do. And uh, it was still an absolute riot. So that's definitely where I got some of my practice at, yeah. All right. I'm, I met like Dustin. I'm a novice with the dr the drifting too. So what's an angle kit? What what, what is, did you miss out on that? Uh oh, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> so let's get nitty gritty with it. So an angle kit. So – the whole point of drifting is to go as sideways as possible, as fast as possible. So what we do with our cars is um, say that my competition car is a BMW E46. That E46 only has about, I would say, 40 degrees of steering angle from the factory. So you think about the tires only turn about this far. So what you do is you widen the track width 
and then you shorten the knuckle pickup. So essentially that steering rack can give you much, much oh, more gotcha. steering angle, just like you guys do on your dirt cars. Um, and therefore you can get like way crazy with the way that you drive the car. Um, you could put a bunch of rear grip in the car by lowering tire pressure, running a softer spring rate or different sway bar um, options. Um, and you can take that thing and you can just chuck it in 90 degrees to whatever you're aiming at. You know what I mean? So it's just a very, very, very aggressive way of driving the car, uh, is what an angle kit helps you, helps you achieve. So big steering angle, big throttle, big initiations. It's all good fun. Well, and you know, we were talking before we went on air that it, there is a lot of crossover, especially mm -hmm. when we're talking dirt late model world, you know, late models today don't go straight like they did 30 or 40 years ago. Everything's about how you can slide them through the corners and then get that bike coming off. So there really is some translation here from the drift world to what we see every week. Yeah, I think so too, especially uh, the cars without the big wings on top of them. I see those guys driving at crazy angle and we don't necessarily run staggered tires size, um, but we can run staggered spring rates. We can run staggered tire pressure and even staggered sway bars help us as well. Um, we're mostly independent rear suspension on pretty much all the drift cars. So, mm -hmm. Um, we end up running a bunch of toe to try and get that dig. Um, the, the tires that I run on my car now is a 290 uh, GT radial. It's an 18-inch wheel. Uh, and usually competition comes around. I run them at about 10, 12 PSI. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, tires only last about two laps. <laughs> so what, what you'll do is you'll go um, the higher car that, out, that qualifies higher, you'll lead. Um, you'll do an entire lap based on a, a certain layout that they want you to do. If you straighten, you lose. Uh, so you have to be drifting the whole time, no matter what. And then you switch places and then the car that just led will chase. And then after that, they'll decide a winner. So then it would be, uh, depending on your car, um, everybody get a new set of tires. It'd be about two gallons of fuel and about four pounds of nitrous in my car. And maybe oh. three. And for those who don't know, just to, just to go back and again, I'm a novice, so you can jump in and explain it, but drifting is a judge competition. So judge competition yeah so for those who don't know you you qualify and then it actually staggers out a a 32 um 32 tandem bracket basically head-to-head -head bracket yeah if everybody yep. thinks of like march madness for our dirt fans and this is indiana so we have to think <laughs> basketball to get through things but it's it's a it's a bracket and you're you're paired up in that tandem with a a leader and a chase car and can you kind of explain obviously the leader's setting the pace and the angle and the chase is basically mimicking that to the best of their ability correct yep that's right so essentially what we do the higher qualifier leads first um so you know 32 versus number one 31 versus uh number two so on and so forth um they have a certain section on the track that they want you to run and maybe um we're not necessarily looking for the fast line through the track it's whatever flows the best and when i say what flows the best is um, what's the most dynamic to watch? What's the most impressive? So what we'll do is we'll usually take, say, a 5 eighths mile oval. Um, we'll run it backwards sometimes. We'll run it regular sometimes. Um, but you'll initiate into that bank, and they will want you to drag your back bumper on the, the top side of the wall the whole way around. So you're sideways bouncing off the wall the whole way around, but trying to keep it as smooth as possible in the lead position. The chase car is trying to mimic exactly your perfect line as close as they possibly can without hitting you. So you can imagine that there's a fair amount of room for some carnage to happen. So oh, yeah. People ramming into each other, people flying off track. It's the best. Um, so, yeah, that would be say that would be called outside zone one. So that would be you'd get judged on that one zone, depending on how good you do. And at the end of the day, the car that runs the tightest tandem wins. So essentially, 
um, you leading first might be a little bit of an advantage just because then you can talk to your spotter who's up in the tower watching and be like, okay, how did he do in the chase position? Because in the lead, you're just locked in doing what you got to do, and you're just kind of you're, you're trying to not listen to their car because they're like literally riding passenger with you, almost touching. So kind of got to put that aside, and they can say, okay, well, he messed up coming off of the bank. Um, you gapped him by about two lengths across the center, and then you were able to, you know, he got back onto you. Okay, so you just have to do better than that, essentially. So it's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Definitely crazy. <laughs> and and a big part of it, too, is, from what I understand, you know, and it's the same thing, obviously, in the dirt world, too. You don't want to be seen making adjustments. I mean, steering adjustments. You want to be as smooth and set that car up so it drifts without a bunch of sawing on the wheel is what we would call it. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, you know, and that comes down to a lot of car setup. That's that those spring rates we were talking about, the sway bar, uh, the tire pressure, you know, we have a lot of different things that kind of, it, it's easy to mess your car up and, and put too much grip into it. So you, you, you're fighting it, you know, the car doesn't want to be fluid, um, and stable around the track, but there also is a fine line. Cause at the end of the day, the fastest car still kind of wins. Um, because if you can put more grip in your car in the lead position, you can pull a gap on that guy. And then if your car is fast and easy to drive, you can stay real close to that dude when you come back into your chase position. So um, at the end of the day, the fastest car still wins and the cars are getting faster and faster every year. Um, and a lot of the cars out there, like you're not really competitive unless you're north of 850 wheel horsepower. Oh, wow. wow. There's a whole lot of trust in that too, right? I mean, since you guys race so close, I mean, because you could accidentally screw you know both of you guys up when you get that close, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of one of those hurdles that you have to overcome. It's just at any time you got to be ready to just put both of your cars on the line and just do what needs to be done. And that's run doors, you know what I mean? So it, it is. And that's what's hard about it is committing through the smoke. And that's the other thing that you have to remember is these cars, it goes through a set of tires every two laps. So that thing is spinning the tire so fast that it is absolutely billowing tire smoke <laughs> off of the back of the car. So the thing is you need to stay close to the car or you can't see and when I mean you can't see, I mean you cannot see at all, like at all. So if you get lost in the smoke, if you say that you flick a new corner and you overshoot in the chase position and he gets on the gas before you, you're going to end up in their smoke. And then you're just 100% driving blind at 85 miles an hour towards a wall. So there really isn't that much room for error. You know what I mean? It's it's. I wish everybody could go for a ride. It's sketchy sometimes, but it's I, fun. One of the pictures that I got sent for some of our you know pre-post stuff on social media it took me looking at it two or three times to realize you were in the lead position and that there was a car behind you just because like of where the, in, yeah. yeah, where the smoke was. And finally I'm like, yeah. there's a second car there. Like yeah. it yeah. took me forever to even notice that it was there because you're exactly right. It just disappears. Yeah. I mean, holding that thing, especially when, you know, when you're locked in going one way, it's okay. But then as soon as you go to transfer, you essentially have a wall of smoke that's just completely blinding you so you can't necessarily see exactly where you're supposed to aim the car so a lot of it is trying to figure out your muscle memory and your timing during practice um just go out there practice get lost in the smoke and be like okay transfer about now oh that was too early try it again oh that was a little too late and so it's it's kind of good to have that mental clock inside of your head and i think that that's what separates the guys who are really really good versus the guys that are pretty good is just having that being able to drive blind essentially is like is a, is a whole thing <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you go to these different tracks is that do they set a different course up each time is it the same course how does that work so it just depends on on the track that we're at um sometimes we'll go and run like uh like an oval track um with a bank sometimes we'll go and run like the infield of a nascar track so it's like a flat infield um so pretty much every single track is different 
some of them flow better than others. Some of them, we really have to worry about tire wear. Sometimes the tires don't even last two laps. And when they get down there in their tread, it becomes absolute ice. So you need to be really, really careful. You know, you can plan your wheel speed on it. Um, you know, there's a couple different things that you can do and try and stay out of the pedal as much as you can to try and make the tires last. But I'll tell you, when the tires go away, it is not a good thing. It's sketchy. And the fact that tires don't last two laps is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> you have to have a tire sponsor, you know, with your guys' group there, right? I mean, you have 100%, to. 100%. 100%. We switched <laughs> tires this year, so we're on the GT Radial. Um, it's, it's an awesome tire. It's got a big sidewall on it, and I really like the feel of that. So you can put grip in the car, take that thing, throw it in straight 90 degrees or even backwards, and it will, it will pull out of it pretty much every time. And also having a big tire, they last longer, which is, which is good for, compared to what we ran last year. So loving the GT Radials. So as we as we look ahead, though, you know, you talk about some of these different, um, you know, different tracks. What what's some of your favorite places to go race? I will say uh, round one this year was in uh, Road Atlanta, uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Uh, something about that track, you know, it's just a it's a legendary track. We only run a small section of it. So we come down like the back straightaway. So the initiation is downhill. So what we do, it's about one hundred and five mile an hour entry. So you're coming down the hill crank it in, try and chuck it 90 degrees, get back on the throttle. You're going back up the hill. It's super blind. You don't really have any visual cues to know when you need to check up. And then we run what they call a keyhole, um, run an outside zone, hit an inside clip, transfer going back the way that you just came and then finish going back up the hill uh, and just fill the whole place with tire smoke. And sometimes the car shoots flames and lots of rev limiter. And it's <laughs> it's a racetrack, man. It's, it's a good time. I, I love it. Road Atlanta is sick. I mean, the, the thing is, is that I have to say, Matt, like this is really the best thing about it's like a constant celebration at a normal racetrack yeah. the whole time. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's tire smoke. It's excitement. It's I mean, it we're going to have to make an event. That's well, for yeah. sure. Well, he no, gets to do sure. he gets sure. to do for that's, a living. Kinda, Go ahead, man. That's what's that's what's cool about it is I think that it kind of it's kind of designed almost for the younger demographic where it's really intense for two minutes and then you kind of like sit around wait for like four or five minutes until the next pair is ready to go while the judges are deciding who wins but like as the cars come in it's just right there smack dab in front of you it's like super dynamic people are gonna wreck or they're not and then it's over like that and then you kind of move on to the next so it's just like you got your full attention for a couple minutes at a time and then you can kind of hang out chat with your friends and i think that's why it does so well with with the kind of the younger crowd because it's like it's very dynamic it's it's pretty cool that i like that a lot i was gonna say he gets to do for a living what we all did when we thought we was out of view of our parents when we were teenagers you know yeah well that's what <laughs> donuts in a parking lot well yeah it's the same thing oh i used to drift before it was called drifting yeah it was just called donuts in a parking lot that's right yeah i was gonna say dylan i'm, I'm a high school principal uh in my day job and, and matt is our school resource officer and our back parking lot is famous anytime there's any kind of snow that I mean, the, the amount of donuts cut back there is unbelievable. <laughs> and the sad thing is I should be the adult that stops that, but I'm usually the one that gets back there before anyone else just to see what I can do. <laughs> so kind of go out and uh, turn up the fresh snow. For the yeah. <laughs> I, I, got, I got to at least to make sure everything's all right for him back there. Of course. Of course. But uh, responsible of you. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> so your next race though is uh, June 18th and 19th. You're going to be at um, English town in New Jersey. And I know you and I talked previously, your rig is already out there at the racetrack. So when we talk about like that kind of weekly prep, I know you said you're leaving Saturday to head out there. Is there a little extra 
you know, stress or pressure that you've not been around the car? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, it doesn't really make sense to drive it from Orlando back to Southern California only two weeks later to drive it back to New Jersey, you know? So leaving it out there always stresses me out. I hate being away from it. Uh, but the place is all locked up. It's pretty secure. I know I know the owner of the property personally. He's a good friend of mine. So I, I feel good about it. But um, coming in, that's why I want to come in a couple days early. We want to get some reprep done on the car. There's one or two things that I want to look over in the engine. Um, it's been super happy with us. It's a... Uh, it's a Toyota engine. It's a 2JZ out of a Toyota Supra. So it's a twin cam, inline six-cylinder, iron block, aluminum head. Um, it's got a big old turbo hanging off the side of it. There's about 950 horsepower to the wheels. Wow. Um, Four-speed NASCAR transmission uh, through a triple-disc clutch. Um, clutches are fairly decent wear items for us. We run it. It's, it's a seven-and-a-quarter ACT triple is what we run with a 26-plan input in the NASCAR trans. Um, so we'll check the clutch out. We'll yank the box out. We'll check the clutch out, make sure it's all happy. Um, give it a compression test and a leak down. Um, I wanted to put it back on the dyno and confirm a couple of hunches that I have with the camshafts that we have in it. But um, really, we're going to make a couple of wrap changes. So it changes the visual look of the car, depending on what round it is. Um, you know, so we got a nice little laundry list of stuff that we got going on. But I got my dad coming out. Uh, he helps me out all the time. It's like me and him always working on the car. He helped me build it and everything. So I got a real good relationship with my pops. And then my little brother actually does the vinyl work on it. So it's definitely definitely a whole family thing. That's how we run it. That's awesome. And for our listeners, if you're looking for, you know, probably the best opportunity to get to go to a Formula Drift um, event and see Dylan, it would probably be August 27th, 28th, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, be a handful of hours away from us, for, but not a terrible drive. Um so if anybody is wanting to go check this out, and I'm going to be definitely checking my weekend, August 27th and 28th, because I would love to come out and watch one of these events. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Also, if you're not available to go out there and make it out there in person, which is always a good time, uh, they do have it on live stream. They live stream it on YouTube, so you can just punch in Formula D. It'll come up. They have the whole thing is broadcasted live, uh, practice qualifying, and through the race into the night. So um, the online is pretty good. They've gotten it better over the past couple of years, trying to make sure there's not too much lag or not breaking up too bad. But it's definitely an option if you can't make it out there as well. Very cool. And I want to jump into this before we, we take off, because I do want to give you a chance to talk about your sponsors. We mm -hmm. do that with everybody we're here. But the big one um, that helped lead to the connection for the opportunity for me and Matt to interview to you tonight, Dylan, is Royal Purple, man. And, and you know, they have come on. And, and uh, I don't know that for a lot of people out there, I don't know that there's a, a better company right now that is positioning itself to really get into motorsports and help you know, drivers and series and all the things they're trying to do right now than Royal Purple. So kind of how did your relationship with Royal Purple start, start and what do you got to say about them? Well, first off, I will say that I started working with Royal Purple back in the Dirtfish days. So when I was working on that, on that team and doing the reprep on all the rally cars and grading the course back together, uh, Royal Purple was the official oil of Dirtfish Rally School. So I have poured literally hundreds and hundreds of quarts into these rally cars when I was changing the oil in them. And then moving forward, they kind of split ways. They did whatever. So I even had like old Royal Purple shirts that I used to wear back in 2013 and, you know, hats and all that stuff. And then um, I was reintroduced to them by a friend of mine who used to work at another company that sponsors me. She moved over to Royal Purple. Um, and we kind of like reignited that flame and it was kind of a cool story where I was like, Hey, like, you know, I used to work with Dirtfish and 
Um, I've, you know, pouring a bunch of oil through the cars and, uh, we kind of just reconnected that way through essentially just a friend, um, who ended up working there. And then we kind of just took the relationship to where, to where it is now. And incredibly thankful for Royal Purple, man. They have been so supportive of me and they make an awesome product. People say, Oh, you actually run their oil. It's like, yes, I run their oil. I've been to their lab. They know what they're talking about. You know, I send them back oil samples every time I change oil in my car and we, we go back and forth and talk about it. And the gear oil is great. Their, their, uh, XPR 550 that I run in my thousand horsepower two JZs. I'm, it's all good stuff. I run their, their ice, their water wetter. I run, I run everything. You know, and it, it is cool. Uh, one of our local drivers, Steve Peden, uh, came on board with them this year it's, and uh, has them on the car. And, and he, you know, it's the same kind of thing. He was like, it's it's unbelievable how good the product is. But he gets the same thing. Like, do you really run their stuff? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's yes, awesome. Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, it's not just a sticker. Like, it's yes, this yeah, is really good right. stuff. I trust it with my engines and I ran mine at 850 to 950 wheel horsepower last year on a little three liter inline six ram and nitrous through it ranning 30 pounds of boost through it i ran that for eight events more than more than eight events just banging that thing off the rev limiter at 8600 rpm the whole time and it was the engine came apart perfect i was dumbfounded that's the thing right there if that's not for what you do to an engine and the abuse you send it to if that's not a calling card right there for royal purple i don't know what would be yeah yeah i mean it's it's about as tough as you could possibly be the thing is absolutely at its max on the rev limiter for minutes at a time and it it takes it so who are some of those other sponsors that that help you out get into the track and everything yeah so gt radial is a tire one man that's a big one for us because um we go through so many tires in a year that it's literally not possible without a tire sponsor so i'd like to shout out gt radial they've been great to me this year um if they're a new sponsor for us this year and i'm just really stoked to get on that big boy 295 that's quite a bit bigger of a tire than i was running last year which is good for us um, we have Permatex, Permatex products. They've been, they've been great with us. So they make all of your, um, you know, all your gasket makers, all your thread lockers. I mean, they make literally like a thousand different products and, uh, I'm lucky enough to have them as a title uh, on a couple different rounds for me. Um, you know, lots of part sponsors, uh, Brian Crower helping me out with engine parts, uh, super tech valve train, uh, engine supply puts our two JZs together, ACT clutches, uh, drive shaft shop axles. We got Advan racing Yokohama wheels on our car. Um, I mean, we got, we got a lot of people helping us out. It's pretty impressive to see kind of where it has come from. And I just feel incredibly lucky. Like it is, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and so what, what going ahead, um, what's your goals for the, the rest of this year? I mean, we came in in Pro 2, which is essentially the, the lower version of Pro 1 that we run in now. Um, and me and my good friend from the Northwest, we went back and forth for the championship. I ended up getting second overall. He ended up winning. But it was me and him on the podium pretty much every single time. So I got a bunch of carbon trophies in Pro 2. But now that we've leveled up to Pro 1, these are guys who've been doing it for 20 years. So these dudes are really, really gnarly. So if I can figure out a way to finish top 10 at the end of the year, and get myself one of those carbon trophies if i could get on the podium i think that that is a realistic goal that i'm really shooting for this year that would be like that would be really cool and i gotta give you credit too you know that was one thing i watched a, an interview with you on the the formula drift website uh doing some some preparation for this and, and you talked about how important realistic goals are for you and i think that's something that a lot of drivers sometimes they throw out these these crazy goals and it's being realistic and allowing yourself to go achieve those, I think will make you more successful in the long run. I 
I believe so too. I mean, of course, when we show up, I'm ready to win. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's what I want more than anything. But at the end of the day, we're talking about dudes who have been doing this professionally since 2003. So I didn't even know what drifting was in 2003. <laughs> I was 11 years old. So yeah, you know, you, yeah, you did. It was donuts, how long man. These guys have been doing this. <laughs> you knew in 2003 it was called donuts. Remember? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> believe it or not, the very first the very first Formula Drift event was in uh, Road Atlanta, 2003. And Chris Forsberg was at that event and I think got second place. Wow. <laughs> and so that's the dude I'm competing against, you know? And, and you know, that is amazing. Like when you look at, and, and even, even the, as novice as I am in the drift world, I've heard Chris Forsberg's name. Like that's, he's won every, you know, avenue of motorsports has that one name that whether you, whether you are a diehard fan or you just know a little bit, they they cross over and Forsberg, Forsberg is definitely that guy um, in the drift world for sure. Yeah, for sure. Another another name, Von Gittin Jr. Uh, he's a factory backed four driver. Him him and Chelsea didn't know if around the Mustangs. Those Mustangs are like the gnarliest cars of all time. Um, those guys got a pretty solid program put together. The Papadakis Racing Team, based out of Southern California, they're a factory backed Toyota team. Um, so they're running the new Supra with the B58 engine um you know ryan turk you know all these dudes are just legendary guys daio shahara ken gushi all these different guys who've been in it since the very beginning um and they've been in it for for a reason like the dude's absolutely shred so here i am my second year with my own car and i'm like all right let's go beat these guys you know what i mean so it's 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 a learning process but uh i can wheel a car pretty good and i'm confident that my time will come that's awesome. And if, if there's somebody out there, um, you know, that's that's watching tonight, that's a young kid that says, you know what, this is what I want to do. What advice would you give them to get into the drifting world? Man, just uh, accept the fact real early on that nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to put in the work. Nobody's going to nobody's going to help you to where you want to be. People will help you, but you need to already have the forward momentum that is that comes within yourself. Um, you're going to have to deal with a lot of crap along the way. It's not, it's not a smooth path. It's a very rocky, very expensive, very annoying path. But at the end of the day, if you want it bad enough, you can do it. And I think that I'm a true testament to that because I don't come from money. You know, my parents helped me out when they could, but you know, a lot of this is just, you know, moving from Washington to Baltimore, Maryland at 22 years old to go and work on a race team. And then work, did that for a couple of years, go back to Washington, work in Oregon for a year on a race team end up in socal you know you just you got to go where the work is and you got to go what you truly think deep down inside is going to make it um you know make it for yourself so at the end of the day just don't ever 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 give up and just uh don't expect anybody to hold your hand because nobody will uh, and i love that advice and i think one of the coolest things again about your story too is and you said it there when we were talking about royal purple you know be willing to do whatever jobs you can go get you know, yeah. it may be changing oil on the, you know, the grader when you're grading the track back at, at a dirtfish, you know, rally school. And I'm not knocking that at all. That's your foot in the door to get the next step, to get the next step. So, you know, keep yourself humble, keep yourself ready to work. And, um, you know, I, I think you've got an amazing story, man. And um, I'm, I'm really pumped that we got a chance to talk to you. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope to meet you guys around sometime. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely, man. And we, uh, we wish you the best of luck. And, uh, again, check out, uh, all the live streams. If you can't make it out August 27th, 28th, you can, uh, check them out at St. Louis. Uh, but Dylan Hughes in the Royal purple, uh, formula drift pro car, uh, <laughs> repping it right there. And, uh, Dylan, man, we, uh, 
we appreciate you and we wish you all the best. Absolutely. Thank you guys. I'll catch you soon. All right. All right, man. Thank you. Well, Matt, I got to say, man, that that was, um, that was an education. Um, we have now, um, we've now went to rally school with Karen Jankowski. Yeah. We're now drift school, but, um, I think bucket list, we, we need to make a rally event and we need to make a drift event. I agree with you. 950 rear wheel horse. That's impressive. With just basically a roll cage inside of a BMW is pretty and, wild. And driving it sideways. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it. He's got more horsepower than some drag racers do. Yes. And they go in a straight line and, and he's driving sideways less than an inch away from a wall or another competitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... He's driving how every NASCAR driver on Sunday complains when their car is. Yeah, except for Larson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Larson, <laughs> Larson may be the one guy who could transfer over to Drift World <laughs> as well and probably cut it. I do think it's really intriguing, the judging aspect. And I, yeah. I, I honestly forgot to mention, but I, I, I wanted to ask him, but... I wonder how much controversy comes in play with that because, you know, like when you and, – and he did say nine times out of ten the fastest car still wins. Yeah. But you think about even in our world, in the dirt world, when the tower or official or flagman has to make a call, there's always 87 different views of the way that call was made. So and it I, depends on who you're rooting for, how the, the view comes through. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about bias? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, those judges must be put up somewhere, and none of the competitors are <laughs> oh, told yeah. where they're at. Yes. You they're, know, They're at a location not to be <laughs> really. like, hey, all the judges are in that building to the right, and they're really to the left, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yes. Yeah. Because, but, yeah, in, in dirt racing, if there's ever a call, you got somebody beating on the back door of the tower, you know. And that's what I wonder. I wonder, and I, again, I should have asked, but is it something where – they go into this knowing that it's a judge competition and maybe it's they get it or I I don't know because I, I that part is really interesting to me and the whole idea of the bracket is really interesting yeah, to yeah. me but I, I I was confused with the fastest car wins because if you're the trail car how are you the fastest car I, I guess I'm lost with that if you're out if the guy's out front and you follow him there isn't a pass you know, I guess in my mind, I'm still thinking racing and you got to be in the lead. Well, I think when he says the fastest, it's because so if if you're the lead car and I'm the chase car, you're setting the tempo. So you're pushing it as hard as you think you can. If I can stay door to door with you, that means I can run gotcha. okay. right with you. Okay. Then when I'm the lead car, if you can't keep up with me, I'm the faster car. Okay. So I think, if I'm understanding it correctly, I think that's what he meant. Because I kept that. trying to think, how's the trail car ever get the lead? You know, I, I was lost with and, that. And I'll be honest, like, I obviously, um, you know, I, I was very upfront. I'm a novice. I don't know a whole lot about drift cars or drift competition. But it was cool when I was kind of, you know, researching this. Because, like I said, I looked at that one picture. I had no clue there was a second car <laughs> And, and he's exactly right, and I'll have to pull it up. I don't know if I can pull up. I've got these images here that'll that'll shuffle. Let me see if I can get this pulled up and, and kind of show people. But let me see. Pull it up here for you too, Matt. There's one coming up here that, it, I mean, you, you have to kind of pause to even notice that there's a second car in here. 
It's not that one. That's an impressive picture, though. Oh, the the the, the pictures that were sent were just absolutely amazing. Um, no, come on now. <laughs> I, I talked this game, and then now it just keeps shuffling through here. So let me see if I can. It's randomizing on me. <laughs> Maybe I didn't even put that picture in here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had a, I had somebody that needed to talk to me. Here we go. <laughs> this is it. If I can get it to oh, right wow, there, yeah, right here is the second chase car, and it's Corvette, <laughs> and it is right in yeah. his door. Oh yeah, wow. And there is no way he can see what's going on. So yeah, that took way longer than I wanted it to, but uh, that was impressive. So, I, and again, I think it's so amazing to hear him talk about the the difference between being on a bank surface to a flat track to the ability to control those things and and do it with, you know, the style and all that kind of stuff is just, just wild to me. And, you know, you listen to him talk about growing up. He really didn't have a background in that. No, he he was rock crawling. Yeah. And he rode, you know, (laughs) motorcycles, you know, so it's like all of a sudden he's, you know, he totally transitions to something else. And, you know, it's another story, and that's why I wanted to bring that up there at the end. And I, I hope that, you know, a young, you know, if there's young kids out there, or, you know, somebody listens to this and thinks, I want to get a shot in the motorsports world. And I think people have to understand this. And it goes back to, you know, the Chase Briscoe story. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. here's a cat that's running every every Sunday now for Tony Stewart Racing, his hero who he grew up with. You know, Chase left and went to North Carolina and pushed a broom Yep, with no promise. Just said, let me in the shop. I'll push a broom. You need to humble yourself to get into these areas. and But I think you also, after you get in those areas, you need to stay humble, and that's something Chase has done. 100%. There's been a whole lot of other people that have moved up and, and better themselves in the motorsports world, and they forget where they come from sometimes. And, 100%. Keep yourself in check. And that's one thing I'll give Chase credit for. He has not forgotten about Mitchell, Indiana one time in his career so far. No, and that's and that's what I that's what I love about it. You, and you heard it there in Dylan too, you know. Yeah. My dad gets to come with me next weekend. My yes. brother's coming to do the vinyl. Like it, it's not this, you know, oh, somebody else will make sure the vinyl's on. Somebody else will, like there's pride in yes. that. So, you know, I think sometimes everybody gets so fast ahead that oh man, I want to be at this level. Or I want to go do this or it's important that I do this. You got to do some of the grunt stuff and, and you got to be willing to, you know, put yourself out there uh, in order to get those opportunities. Oh, I agree. And but, you know, right there. And, and then when the opportunity comes, you got to be willing to jump. Like he yeah. said, 21 years old, you want to go to Barcelona because you're leaving in two weeks. Yeah, that's terrifying. But you want to do it. It's Travis Pastrana, man. You better go. I think the more terrifying <laughs> thing would be moving from Washington State all the way to the East Coast to Baltimore. <laughs> With nothing. I mean, you know, really, you're not established. And then, oh, now you got to move back. Now you got to move here. And, you know, if you really want to chase that dream, you, you pretty much got to go wherever it takes you. Absolutely. And be, like you said, be willing to do anything. And I like what he said, you know, don't give up and nobody's going to hold your hand. Yeah. You know, that, that was probably the greatest advice I ever I ever heard because, you know, that is life. And nobody's going to hold your You're the hand only it. one that's going to make it happen. Yeah. But I do want to give a big shout out here uh, to a good buddy of ours and uh, former guest on the show, but JP Hyden, um, who is uh, who yeah. works there at Royal Purple um, Performance Products, and uh, you know JP has has been a great uh, partner with us here. Um, you know, not only helping sponsor Steve Peden, 
um, coming in with the Indiana Pro Late Models this year with the Quick Time Award. Yeah, you know, giving away some product, um, definitely building that relationship here with the regional racers, but also setting up this opportunity for us to talk in, in something outside of our realm. And again, I know that I know the dreams going on tonight. I know there's some big things going on with Eldora, but uh, I, this was fun. Robert Rainey's almost won enough quick times now he can make an oil change and go to, uh, you know, Royal Purple. Yeah. <laughs> He picks up another one. He's pretty much got yeah, a whole you know, set of oil. Yeah, that's uh, so. I, you know, that's that's awesome. And I was also going to tell tell Dylan back in the day. You know, everybody had a buddy that had a 5.0 Mustang. You know, that's like having buddies with Jeeps now. You know, that was you always had that buddy that had the Mustang. So you know, when he said that, I was like, oh, and I, I guarantee everybody heard that. Thought, oh, I had a buddy with a 5.0 Mustang. You know, even even now, the difference is when in your era. And this isn't even an old joke. In your era, those 5.0 Mustangs were new. In, yeah. In my yeah. era, <laughs> they were getting yeah. pretty ratty and rough. Yeah. But we still had a buddy with a 5.0 Mustang. Yeah. I actually seen those sitting on the <laughs> new car lot. You know, like, my gosh, have you seen those 5.0 Mustang? You know? Yeah. The old Fox bodies. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, those are the best. Those are the most beautiful Mustangs ever made, oh, I think. So uh, One of my good buddies in high school, this is that story, had a Fox body 5.0 police interceptor Mustang. Yes. And I'm telling you, that was one of the meanest cars I'd ever been in. Oh, yeah. Um, and just gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. car. So, you know, we had to find the rich kid back in my day that had <laughs> yeah, the 5.0. Yeah, by, uh, by the time I got there, yeah, there yeah. were a dime a dozen sitting yeah. in somebody's yard. You know, Vanilla Ice <laughs> had a convertible one in his, in his Ice Ice Baby, you know, video. So, <laughs> yeah, that's I'll, I'll take that old joke, man, you know. Well, that, that really wasn't even an attack on that. It was just that – they were still around when I was there too. It yeah. just was they weren't. I seen my white hair shining when I was turned around backwards <laughs> in the you know there. So it's. Uh... Hey, I do got to just again a reminder there. Um, you know, shout out to Ryan Bowling at Dirt to Media, and then us at uh, Thirsty Goat Entertainment. Um, again, next week, Friday night, Thunder Valley Raceway, Crate Late Models, twelve hundred and fifty dollars to win. Um, be there. I mean, yeah. I'm going to tell you, and I, and I got to say this, I. Number one, again, shout out to Misty and Steve. They've done a great job down there at Thunder Valley, but that place races really well. And you wouldn't think that crates would run on that little bull ring as well as they do, but it they put on a heck of a show. Oh, so yeah. um, definitely check that out. If you can't be there, um, remember, with your VIP subscription to DirtToMedia.tv, you get all the weekly racing uh, at Thunder Valley Raceway as a part of your subscription live. So you can watch that live racing action as a part of your VIP monthly subscription. So Matt, again, I don't know what's going to happen this week, whether mother nature is going to play nice or not. Um, it's going to be, I know it's uh, supposed to quit raining by the weekend, but if it keeps raining like it is, I think we're going to get too much during the week. So I'm a little nervous. And we always know the thing at Brownstown Speedway on weeks like this is it's not the track surface because it's supposed to be 90 and partly sunny on Sun or Friday, the, excuse me, Saturday, with not much rain on Friday. The track surface will dry. The yes. problem is going to be the pits, pits if they've sat in this water all week. Yeah. So, and I noticed on the way down here, there's a lot of fields coming towards standing you water. With standing water. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, that was, you know, what I was paying attention to on the way over here. And it looks like – where we live, you know, that Jackson County's got a lot more rain than we have in Jennings County. And I think it I think it stayed a little bit farther south. Like even when I came home today before the podcast, 
it was sunny in Seymour, and I turned south on 31, and about two miles on 31, it, you, I hit a wall of water that was just pouring. Well, we left the house, and the sun was out. I mean, it, blue sky at the house, <laughs> and we come down 31, and we just got south of 60, you know, the 65 yeah. overpass, and, and it started pouring. And uh, actually, we were driving down. I said, it looks like it's raining up there because, you know, the, the haze. And uh, yeah. it was pouring rain. So, yeah, I'm like, you, it's running just a little south there. So I've not been over by the track, but uh, I know this. Jim will do everything he can to make sure it's ready to go and ready to race. And, uh, it, again, it's it's a good weekend of racing. And uh, so get out, support your local dirt track. Uh, again, guys, uh, go check out some of the new items we've got there at ShopThirstyGoat.com. Uh, don't forget the new Dirt Legends tee. That is edition number one. I know that I've I've had some of the, the debate that they felt like there should be some other drivers included in the first shirt. Um, it is, um, out, but, um, so feel free to go check that out. There will be other versions coming out. Um, so be ready for those, but also the Saturdays are for victory lane. Um, there's another brand that I won't throw out that thought Saturdays were for something else. Um, I think the boys, uh, we felt like Saturdays were much more for, um, victory lane. Uh, don't forget about the local 812 UPLA shirts um, and then uh, the iHeart Models shirt. So go check those out. Uh, make sure, again, we appreciate everybody's support. Uh, don't miss out on uh, Race Clean products also at GoRaceClean.com. And, uh, Matt, we'll be back and better than ever. Oh, yeah. I'm All ready. Right. Two races before we come back. Or actually, possibly three. Yeah, so. if we get in Summer Nationals. Yeah. All right, All guys. Right. We'll be back in two weeks.